Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. How are you doing today, Bree? I'm doing great, Jamie. How are you? I'm always wonderful and fabulous. What are we uh, diving into tonight? We're going to finish out our remote viewing series. We're going to get into what drew us to remote viewing in the first place, I think. Exactly. So we're definitely talking aliens today. The good stuff. The stuff that we're interested in. So we talked about, you know, how this all started, how the government got involved, why we were even investigating it. But what this episode is really going to be about is the things that they found, specifically tying into the stuff that has to do with our favorite, favorite topic in the whole wide world, motherfucking aliens. That's the most fascinating. That is, out of all of it, the most interesting part. Because I'm sure, I'm sure there's like some report somewhere where they like found a bench in a park. (laughs) I'm sure whoever was doing the experiment was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But like, hmm. Not for us. Yeah, I I have to agree. I know a lot of like true crime people would probably love some of the stuff. You know, they helped identify some murders or like a missing person. And that's really cool too. But of course, anything that's off this world or extraterrestrial at all to me is the most important thing. I agree with you on that one. The government probably feels the same way. I would think so too. Some of the things that they found, there's actually quite a few documents here. And some things that I find extremely, extremely entertaining here is that they found different bases, ET bases. There are three places in particular that a remote viewer identified. There's a Titan base. This is off Earth. I just want to read you some of the stuff that they said about the Titan base. In this document, on the CIA document, it says, All personnel observed at this base on the 20th of November 1986 appeared to be no different than native Earthlings. There were two male technician types sitting at a control panel of some kind. Behind them stood an attractive female with brown shoulder-length hair wearing a pale green lab coat or smock. She appeared to be in some sort of supervisor role. But I think that's extremely fascinating. We're talking about a base that is off-planet. Then there are two other bases that are on-planet. One is Mount Hayes in Alaska. There appeared to be two types of entities associated with this site. The two entities located outside of the structure were accomplishing some sort of routine task, unable to make contact with them or gain information of any sort. Inside the structure were two entities, one sitting at some sort of circular console with a round screen-like object. The other was busy doing something in the background. The entity at the console appeared to be human in form, but lacked definitive facial features. He seemed friendly enough and invited me to observe his actions at the console. That's really interesting because how is it that, is that in real time? Is that like an entity that's doing something and is able to recognize that there is a consciousness that's observing him in real time? Or is this in the past or in the future? But still you have that question of how is this entity able to know that something is being able to see them and see what they're doing? I mean, that definitely like when when you describe it like that, it makes me think of like, that means that like when we remote view, maybe we're using that fourth dimension. Mm. And if you're a fourth dimensional being, then you could probably see somebody 
using the fourth dimension. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. I don't know. It makes me think of Interstellar. I don't know if you remember that movie, but there's a few scenes where there's something interacting in the ship with them. And it just really looks like movement. And it seems like there's something physical there. But then it ends up being in the future where it was themselves. Mm, I get what you're saying. And that's just like a mind fuck in itself. But yeah. I just find it extremely fascinating that he's able to remote view a, a base here in Alaska. That there are aliens at this base and that they're able to identify that he's basically spying in on them. It's very interesting, honestly. That just brings up a whole different aspect of trying to figure out how remote viewing in existence works. This phenomena is so incredibly layered that it's really hard to wrap your mind around that. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, it's all just a giant rabbit hole, you know, and the little shoots off of it, you start to go down one and then you get sidetracked with another. And then you're like, wait, how did I end up over here? Yeah, that was the most important thing to me was like, wait, but how does that work? All these questions start popping up in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it like their face is popping through space time and they're looking at someone that's seeing them? It's, it's so weird. Well, and then also it's, it's not like the aliens they were spying on were like reacting crazy. So does this happen all the time? Do they normally just, they see people like, oh, yep, people looking at us again. Hey. (laughs) These nosy fucks. Like, oh, they're back. Oh, no. Like, do they treat it like, you know, maybe we treat termites? Like, oh, (laughs) God damn it, the building got fucking past ghosts again. Well, it's interesting that he's inviting, that he seemed inviting to him. Like, are you interested in what I'm doing? But then that also, I mean, I think that that really goes, goes back to what me and you have always said about like what the alien message is. It's always positive. It's always like, yeah, come, come on over. Let me show you. And so at least at least on our point, you know, of what we think this is, it's very on point for what for what we believe is happening. That's a very good point. So the last one that's in these documents, it just says South Africa slash Africa. And this is what the transcript says from the remote viewer. There appeared to be two types of entities associated with the site. The first had a very large round shaped head and a slender neck, very unhuman in appearance almost robot-like, unable to make any contact with this being. The other entity was almost human-like in appearance. His face was devoid of any hair. His complexion was very pale. Facial features were very distinct, with the exception of a sharp, slender nose. This entity seemed friendly enough and appeared to be aware of my presence. So another situation where these entities are aware that someone is watching them. This creature that they're describing, the first one, with the very large head and the slender neck. In the drawings, it looks basically like the outline of a gray alien. And we hear over and over again that there are instances where these gray aliens appear to be droids, robots. Well, yeah, not only that, but I think something that's very common that goes along with the description of the greys is that they're very devoid of emotion. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I see where the guy's saying, like, he seems very robotic-like because it's that devoid of emotion that you have, obviously not giving anything off, like, I don't know you. Goodbye. Well, that he's unable to make contact with him. That's just really interesting. I think we've talked about this with the whole greys things in particular, that it could really be a mixture of biological and then a creation of a droid, right? A robot that's kind of out there just being the mechanics of whatever it is that they need to get done. Well, think about it in this way. So when we make robots here on Earth, 
I mean, what are we striving for them to look like? We're trying to make them look like us, right? Yeah. And so, of course, if another species would be making something like a droid or a robot, of course, they're going to make it look like themselves. So that's true. That makes very much so sense to me because we here on Earth try to do that. It's like the whole thing with God creating man in his own image. In the drawings of this, where the X is, where they identified where the base is, I compared it to a map of Africa, and it looks, if it's identical, which of course, you know, give or take where the X is, it could actually be different, but based off of the drawing, it looks like it's in Nigeria. Mm, interesting. There isn't any other detail in these files, of course, as to if they followed up on these bases. But it raises a lot of questions to me that if we found this, if we identified these ET bases off planet and on planet in 1987, what was the follow up from that? I highly doubt that the CIA or any type of three letter agency in our government would hear that and then not investigate. For sure. But then that also begs the question, though, is like, why even release these documents? You know what I mean? Why not just cover, why not cover it all, all of it up? What was the point right. of even saying this? Is this because they're trying to maybe discredit the program? You know, like they're trying to discredit their own program so that people don't look further into it. Like, look at these crazy things. Like, yeah, we looked at lots of stuff and look at these crazy people who thought that they saw weird aliens. We never looked into it any farther, but look how crazy they sound, you know? Yeah, I mean, it could be. And there's just those three paragraphs that I read is all that's on there about that. So I'm sure that there's more to the story, but they're just not released. They're not out there. That's just what we're able to get. That's our little crumbles. They're not, yeah, they're not giving us the juicy meal. They literally, they were just like, here's some salt flakes. <laughs> Enjoy. But, you know, at least 10 years prior, so 1973, there was what's labeled an experimental psychic probe of the planet Jupiter. And I believe that it's this remote viewing session that led to the further exploration of let's identify what's going on on other planets. Let's identify what's happening here. I think this was like the, the precursor. This is what got them interested. And what's really, really interesting about this is they used two different remote viewers. So they used Ingo Swan, of course, right? Who was like the papa bear of everything. And then Harold Sherman. They did this at the same time, but they were in two different locations. They were actually, I think one was like Central Time and the other one was Pacific Standard Time. So they were like two hours apart. They started their remote viewing session at the same time and their objective was to remote view Jupiter. It was only a 30 minute remote viewing session. On the CIA website, you can basically go side by side both of their remote viewing sessions, like what they wrote down, what they were getting in the information, and they're like identical. Some of the words are, you know, changed here and there, but they're like identical. And when they gathered all this information, they called them like there's two different people that called them at the same time, got down everything that they had to say, and then they took it back and then they compared the results side by side. So you can read both of everything that they said. And then there's actually a part where you can compare. They split the screen so you can compare exactly what they were saying. And it's just incredible. Not to mention this was before we knew anything about Jupiter. This is when Pioneer 10 was on its way to Jupiter. Mm -hmm. 
at first they were a little bit like, well, this is crazy because this information is basically identical. There's nothing here that contradicts itself, but we don't have science to back it up because nothing has been there yet. And then of course, after everything comes back, it's spot on. But what's really important is one part that I want to read to you because I went through this entire document and I was very fascinated, of course, because we're getting information about space before science knew about it. But there was something that stuck out to me where I had to reread it like five times because I kept thinking to myself, what? This is such a loaded sentence. There's so much going on here. I am now being shown many asteroids are very dark planets between Mars and Jupiter, some with life forms lesser or equivalent to ours. I am given the feeling that where there are great gaseous areas, swirling vortices of increasing velocity, that these are new worlds in formation and that an intelligence or directing force inconceivable to us is behind this incessant act of creation. So one, he's saying asteroids or dark planets in between Mars and Jupiter. And he's saying that there are life forms there, either equivalent to us or lesser, but that there's life forms and that he's sensing some type of intelligence that we're unaware of that is causing all of these life forms to exist. It's weird to think that there could be, and you know, I don't want to say weird because I always say it's possible, but then again, when I go over these documents, it's weird to think about aliens, other life forms existing in our solar system. Absolutely. Ones that we're, we're not aware of, or I mean, us, us as yeah. civilians, let's say, are not aware of. Yeah, exactly. Are these asteroids we've already identified now? Or are these really dark planets? Are these things that we're just like not talking about? We're not showing people exist? Or again, are we talking about that fourth dimension where it's just not something that we can see with our eyeballs from our third dimensional Earth? You know, space is this huge. I mean, the reason they call it space is because there's space up there, right? Tons of space. Right. (laughs) And so when we're talking about in between the planets, I think a lot of people are picturing, you know, these small spaces. No, 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 nobody. These huge, vast spaces that you could fit multiple Earths within without even coming close to touching each other. So when you have that much vast space, do we really know what's there? Are we do we only see what our government is telling us or is it we're stuck in the third dimension and can't see what other things are going on? I get a feeling like from this, we're not talking fourth dimension. I f- This is just what I feel. I feel like these are things, these are third dimension things that are being hidden from us. This is just like an overall vibe that I'm getting, that that's what's going on. I can see that. I feel it. And then either are these other aliens that have harnessed the capacity to be able to speed up life and planets forming and all that kind of stuff or is this like a I mean I don't want to use the word god because you know I always say like a source like the the universe the magic of universe in creation that he's sensing that is just like this bomb I feel like that's in the middle of the whole transcript is that there are other life forms in these planets or asteroids in between Mars and Jupiter And that's the first space-related type of document that ever happened where they really remote viewed something like that, 1973. We talked about what happened in 1987, which was when they jumped to, okay, where are these bases? Are there alien bases? 
And in between that is a tremendously loaded document that I think we're really going to dive into. This is in between that time frame, 1984. May 22nd, 1984. Mars Exploration. All right, we're going to be doing a very dramatic reading of uh, said document for you guys because we need you to understand what's going on here. This is an important document and it has a lot of information inside of it and we don't want you to just read it. We want you to to listen to our gorgeous voices squeal it at you. Well, I also think it would be interesting to get a feel of what these remote viewing sessions are like. We've gone over all of these things and what we've really done is kind of go over them vaguely. You know, we kind of picked out things that we thought were important, but we didn't actually go through what it's like to have a remote viewing sesh. And in this document, in this situation in particular, we have word for word, question and answer. And I think that's interesting just to see what the questions are like and what the answers are like, how the information is coming in. The fact that they put that in the document, I think, is important. Like, they didn't just pick a couple important things and put them out there. They put out the entire transcript. All right, Brie, roll the tape. There is no tape. Roll the tape. You know I love to say that, though. Method of site acquisition. Sealed envelope coupled with geographic coordinates. The sealed envelope was given to the subject immediately prior to the interview. The envelope was not opened until after the interview. In the envelope was a 3 by 5 card with the following information. The planet Mars. Time of interest approximately 1 billion years BC. Selected geographic coordinates provided by the parties requesting the information were verbally given to the subject during the interview. All right, now, using the information in this envelope I've provided, exclusively focusing your attention now, using the information in the envelope, focus on 40.89 degrees north, 9.55 9.55 degrees west. Uh, I want to say it looks like, uh, I don't know. It sort of looks, I kind of got an oblique view, like a pyramid or pyramid form. It's very high. It's kind of sitting on a large depressed area. All right. It's yellowish, uh, orca colored. All right, move in time to the time indicated in the envelope I've provided you and describe what's happening. I'm tracking severe, severe clouds. More like dust storm. Uh, It's geologic problem. Seems to be like, uh, just a minute. I've got to iron this out. It's really weird. Just report your raw perceptions at this time. You're still early in the session. I'm looking at a after effect of a major geologic problem. Okay, go back to the time before the geologic problem. Um, total difference. It's, uh, before there's no, uh, I don't know. Oh, hell. It's like mountains of dirt appear and then disappear when you go before. See, uh, large flat surfaces, very, uh, smooth, Angles, walls, they're really large, though. I mean, they're megalithic. All right. At this period in time now, before the geologic activity, look around in and around this area and see if you can find any activity. I'm seeing a, it's like a perception of a shadow of people. Very tall, thin, 
It's only a shadow. It's as if they were there and they're not, not there anymore. Go back to a period of time where they are there. Um, it's like I get a lot of static on a line and everything. It's breaking up all the time. Very fragmentary pieces. Just report the raw data. Don't try to put things together. Just report the raw data. I just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, and they're very large. Uh, wearing some kind of strange clothes. All right. Now, holding in this time period, holding in this time period, I want you to move from your physical location in space to another physical location, but in this time period. Move now to 46.45 north, 353.22 east. Move in this time to 46.45 north, 353.22 east. Deep inside of a cavern. Not a cavern. More like a canyon. Um, I'm looking up. Up the sides of a steep wall that seems to go on forever. And there's like a... A structure with, uh, it's like the wall of a canyon itself has been carved. Again, I'm getting a very large structures. No, uh, uh, no intricacies. Huge sections of smooth stone. Do the structures have insides and outsides? Yes, they're very, it's like a rabbit warren. Corners of rooms, they're really huge. I don't feel like I'm standing in one. It's just really huge. Perception is that the ceiling is very high. Walls, very wide. Yes, that would be correct. All right. Um, I'd like to move now to another location nearby. All right. Move from this point in time to 45.86 north, 354.1 east. 45.86 north, 354.1 east. They have a... Uh appears to be the end of a very large road and there's a marker thing that's very large keep getting washington monument overlay it's like an obelisk all right from this point then let's move to another point move now to 35.26 north 213.24 east move in this time to 35.26 north 213.24 east it's like I'm in the middle of a huge circular basin of the range mountains by almost all the way around. Very ragged, ragged mountains, very tall. Basins very, very, very large. Scale seems to be off or something. It's just really big. Everything's big. I understand the problem. Just continue. See, just a right angle corner to something, but that's all. I don't see anything else. Oh, okay. Let's move into a little different place, very close. Move from the point you are now, in this time, to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. Move in this time to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. The cluster of squares up and down. Um, it's like you want to make them square anyway. They're almost flush with the ground, and it's like they're connected. Something very white or reflects light. What's your position of observance as you look at this thing that reflects light? 
it's amid a, a blank left angle. Sun is uh, sun is weird. Look back down at the ground now, and we're going to move just a little bit from this place, just a little bit from this place. 34.57 north, 212.22 east. Very close by. Now move over now to 34.57 north, 212.22 east. It's like I can just perceive a, a, like a radiating pattern of some kind. It's like some really um, strange intersecting kind of roads that are dug into valleys, you know, where a road is just a little below the edge. Tell me about the shapes of these things. They're like real neat channels cut. They're very deep. It's like the road went down. Okay, I notice electrically you're nulled out a little bit, and I want you to stay deep and, and recapture your focus here. It's really tough. It's like, it's just always very sporadic. I realize that, and it's very important that you maintain your focus. I have a movement exercise again for you, and this is some considerable distance away. So holding that focus in time, remember the focus in time that you had before and moving now to 15 degrees north, 198 degrees east. Take some time and get back deep. See the um, intersecting, uh, whatever these are, are aqueduct-typed things. These round bottom curved channels, like roadbeds, see um, very pointed tops of something on the horizon. Even the horizon looks funny and weird. It's like uh, different. Misty, like it's really far away, very vague. Okay, another movement now to 80 degrees south, 64 degrees east. Move now in this time to 80 degrees south, 64 degrees east. See pyramids. Can't tell if it's overlay or not because they're different. Okay, do these pyramids have insides and outsides? Uh huh, got both, and they're huge. It's really, uh, it's an interesting perception I'm getting. I think that he's losing his ability to move accurately, but he's attracted to things that are interesting. So we're going to go with his own. We're, we're going to let him go ahead and explore what seems to be interesting to him rather than move on the targets indicated here. It's filtered from storms or something. Say that again? They're like shelters from storms. These structures that you're seeing? Yes. They're designed for that. All right. Go inside one of these and find some activity to tell me about. Different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like a strictly functional place for sleeping, or that's not a good word. Hibernations, some form. I can't, I get real raw inputs. Storms, savage storm, and sleeping through storms. Tell me about the ones who sleep through the storms. Uh, very tall, again. They're large people, but they're thin. They look thin because their height and they dress like in, oh hell, it's like a real light silk, but it's not flowing type of clothing. It's like cut to fit. Move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. They're ancient people. They're, uh, they're dying. It's past their time or age. Tell me about this. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a, a way to survive, and they just can't. Can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. 
so they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return or something coming with the answer. What is it they're waiting for? They're, uh... Evidently was a a group or a party of them that went to find um, a new place to live. It's like I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment. It's failing very rapidly and this group went somewhere, like a long way to find another place to live. What was the cause of the atmospheric disturbance or the environment disturbance? I see a picture of a picture of like a, oh hell, it's, it's almost a warp in a, oh God, this is difficult. It's like going, let's see. The raw data. Oh, I get a globe. Ah, it's like a globe that goes through a comet's tail or it's through a river or something, but it's all very cosmic. It's like space pictures. All right. Now, before you leave this individual, ask him if there is any way that you ask him if he knows who you are. And is there any way you can help him in his present predicament? All I get is that they must just wait. Doesn't know who I am. Think he perceives I'm a hallucination or something. Okay. When the others left, these people are are waiting. And when the others left, how did they go? Get an impression of a don't know what the hell it is. It looks like the inside of a larger boat. Very rounded walls and shiny metal. Go along with them on their journey and find out where it is they go. Impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange plants. Very volatile place. It's very much like going from the frying pan into the fire. Difference is there seems to be a lot of vegetation where the other place did not have it. And different kind of storm. All right, it's time to come back now to the sound of my voice into present time. Right now, the 22nd of May, 1984. The sound of my voice. Move back now to the room. Back to the sound of my voice. Back further now to the sound of my voice on the 22nd of May, 1984. So we always talk about Mars, how close it is to Earth, right? In comparison, but that maybe something happened to Mars. Shit hit the fan somehow where it changed its Mm -hmm. environment. And everyone theorizes that maybe we could have came from Mars. Well, and I definitely will say what it almost sounds like towards the end there, describing them basically getting on a spaceship and coming to another planet. And it seems like they're almost... It seems like he's almost describing Earth. You know what I mean? Like a a young Earth back before it is what it is now. Because when we look at all these planets around us, I mean, we don't really see too much vegetation in any other places other than ours. Well, I completely agree, especially for it being like a volatile place. I mean, we had tons of volcanoes and it was a completely different environment than it is today. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating to me that we really could be from Mars. This is this is just the, the feeling that I get that there was a life form there. Things happened to the planet and we could very well be on the exact same trajectory. Our environment is changing. Here's my question to you then. My question is, is then why is it that that information is not something we know? Like why, if we were really, if we really came from Mars, like why hasn't our culture and our ancestors passed that information down to our people? You know, like we do with, with our own cultures and stuff that we have here. And if that's the case, why is it being hidden? 
And if that's the case, why the fuck are we trying to get back to Mars? Like, if we knew all this information, why would we be trying to go back there? You know what I mean? It'd be different if we were trying to go back there because we're trying to find out our history because that's something that we as people do constantly. That's why we dig up shit and stuff like that. But if that was really our past, why is that a secret? I could think of a number of reasons. Give me three. Give me three. Okay. One, I'm sure there are plenty of Native American or Native, like a Native type of group of people that do have those stories passed down. But the only way that they would have that is if they were visited or maybe they went under some type of medicinal connection with their ancestors, you know, like with the shaman, like they went on a crazy ayahuasca trip. Because if this is, what was this, 1 billion years BC, BC, that's a long time. We would have no connection. Mm -hmm. So one, I feel like there probably is that story. Two, if this was widely known to us, that would be the breaking of all religion as we know it, which is our number one argument. Actually, I'm going to say our number two argument for why we don't openly talk about aliens as a society I think that's changing now. I mean, obviously, number one is technology. Number two is religion. That's everything. If we everyone knew that, guess what? Adam and Eve actually came from Mars. It wasn't like God that put them down here. These were a male and a female that were chilling in Mars. We sent them off in scout ships to find a planet that could house us, that could be habitable, and they so happened to survive and then repopulated. Like that would just that would shake up the world. I mean, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of the whole Adam and Eve situation because that there's reeks of incest to me. And I feel like... Yeah, but you can't word for word. You have to just take it as like mm-hmm. an experiment, an experiment type of thing. I get you. I get you. And then three, I think we're going back there for multiple reasons. One, possibly to go full circle. Karmically, I think that we do that as a species, everything seems to be coming full circle. We're like reliving these cycles of karma. Two, I'm sure there are some people that know about this information. Let's say Elon Musk. I mean, he's a weird one, right? Who's to say that he didn't come across this document, become extremely inspired, and now he wants to take himself to Mars so that he can find these pyramid and obelisk structures and find these underground caves and caverns where there's basically bunkers that people are hibernating in. There must be some type of remnant of their bones. Well, yeah, I was going to say one big, you know, conspiracy theory that's out there is that something lives on Mars, but it lives underground, right? We've all seen a lot of the pictures of the tunnels and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, that's very plausible, especially when you talk about a lot of the pictures that we're getting from Mars these days. I mean, the person who was remote viewing the, the session that we just read was talking about things like aqueducts and, and pyramids and roads and what sounded like to me some version of solar power, right? So he has all of these things. And those are kind of some of the pictures that we've been getting from Mars, you can start to connect those type of things. You can start to kind of connect those areas. You see these big pyramid structures and you see these these areas that are carved out that doesn't make any sense. Like that wind isn't going to do that. Water does something like that. Does that mean water was here? And you know, as we go on with Mars, the more and more we're learning about it, the more and more we're like, wait, our perception of what we thought Mars was is very different. Like there's a lot of underground water that's moving around that we have pictures of, but you don't see that kind of stuff in the mainstream news. They're not just putting that information out there in everyone's faces like they do with so much of the bullshit that that they put in our faces. You know, it's like not that 
it's not the stuff that's important they're putting in front of us. And that's what's frustrating. Like, I think I would love to hear every news channel talk about when they actually found like water on Mars, them actually talking about it. Because that's what we've always said. If we could find water on Mars, that means there must be life. Okay, well, they did. They told you that there's polar caps that are frozen, that have frozen water. And they have pictures of these of these moving water underground. You see these shadows in these darker areas. And why don't we talk about any of this shit? Because I think at the end of the day, nobody cares because they're not connecting it to a life form that they can relate with. People want to think of humans walking around. And I think when you're talking about science and a sense of space exploration, there's that constant debate of what is intelligent life? Is it just moving microbes moving around? Because we would categorize that as life. And the average person does not care about that microbe. They would only care if there was another human being or another Mm -hmm. entity, humanoid, walking around. That they could communicate with and have a conversation with. Yes, absolutely. But these documents were released in the year 2000. It's been 20 years now. I mean, most people, the second a document is released, don't immediately know about it and jump online and read it up. You know what I mean? So I think it's taken some time for people to know about it, but I think it's actually really relevant to what's going on right now, especially with like SpaceX and that being the destination that we're heading towards. And I feel like this had to have put someone in the right direction to even care about going there. Well, I'd say especially in today's climate, talking about Mars is important because, you know, we have this virus going on, right? What if we what if we just keep getting viruses every few months and we need to get off planet, start over? You know, you have to keep something like that in mind or all these things that are happening with all the protests and, and the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening. Maybe we just go to a different planet and leave all the racist people here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I think how the world is, what's happening in the world today is definitely dictating what we're looking for in the future right now and how to, and this is sad, but we are a group of people here on earth, earthlings, where when we don't like something Typically, we crinkle it up and throw it away and move on to the next. Yeah, we don't like to face it. We bury it, sweep it under the rug. Exactly. We don't fix our problems. We put a Band-Aid over it or we literally burn it to the ground and start over, you know? Like actual history books, we literally decided what we were going to remember and what kind of story we were going to make it. And then we printed it and we just decided this is what you're going to know of what happened, not what actually happened. And not only that, but all of you were required to learn about it and you don't have a say in it. Writing their own version of history constantly and forgetting what's actually happened. So I think that could very well be a possibility. It's extremely interesting. I'm also, I mean, how did they even get these coordinates? I kind of wonder if there was other things that have happened that we don't know about for them to have specific coordinates where they wanted this person to go. Well, to me, it almost seemed like the person who was conducting the interview literally knew exactly what he was talking about. Like, oh, yep, mm -hmm, yep, okay, I understand the problem, move on to the next. Like, he had a set, I want him to go here, here, and here, and once he heard some identifying information, he immediately moved to the next location. Yeah, I was like, we know this. Okay, go, mm -hmm. yep, okay, right, right, all right, you're on the right path, go over here. It definitely seemed that the person who was asking the questions had to have had some type of briefing or some type of knowledge to what this person was actually remote viewing. So what we know, I feel like for certain, is that there was life on Mars. Who's to say that they didn't successfully hibernate? And those are still the people, the weird figures that we see from the Mars rover. 
when they don't accurately or successfully scrub the photos, I should say. Can we just talk about the one thing that I hate about my biggest issue with the Mars photos? And I think you know about this. That it's red. That they put these filters on it to make it look red. But if you actually look at the unfiltered photos, Mars is not red. It's actually, it's just incredibly similar to Earth. To Earth. And so why is it that NASA puts all these red filters on all these photos? Like it really doesn't make any sense of why they're doing this many reasons. The thing that comes in my mind is like they want to continue putting the idea in people's head that Mars is so different. Horrible, desolate. It's this crazy destination. Yeah, it's just full of surprises. Of red like that, you think of like burning in hell and it's hot and it's horrible. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like, why would you want to go there? No, I mean, I wouldn't. It's like that kind of thing, you know, continuing that. And the separation, I think also, so people don't think of it as like Earth 2.0 in a worse condition, they think of it as, like you're saying, this hot, horrible, desolate type of land. It could also be maybe a lot of the pictures that we're seeing are not on Mars. It looks like someplace in the fucking Sahara Desert or whatever. You know what I mean? There's there's so many different instances where it looks like a part of Earth, identical places to Earth. Slap a red filter on that and boom. And they're just throwing a filter on a motherfucker? Yeah. Because why show you the real pictures? Because that it'd be too hard to scrub all the shit out of it. I could see, I could see that absolutely, a hundred percent. And who knows? It could be like Egypt. It could be like magnificent. Now, who's to say we didn't go over there and then we're like, all right, we want our own colony. Here's what we need, guys. We need all of you people to go to school, <laughs> learn to be fucking Elon Musk engineer status, and start fucking sending your own rockets to Mars so we can actually get the fucking information. You know. That's what we got to do. Stop relying on our government. Stop relying on their government programs to do these things. Hey, guess what? Space isn't owned by anyone. You can literally do whatever the fuck you want up there. So do it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? But our government tries to be like, oh, no, 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 no. You got to have a permit. I don't have to have a permit to do nothing, boo-boo. I'll go to Venezuela where they'll just be like, yeah, do whatever you want here. I watch the spacewalks a lot now because they put like sleepy time music, in my opinion, to it. Like the but it's like so relaxing, right? So I watch it all the time because I'm always just like, look at these people. Well, you know these what? are lucky motherfuckers that get to leave. Like we don't just get to leave. You have to be so smart to get to leave. And that just like makes me so sad that we're stuck in that. So it makes me happy that there are private corporations that are like, no, we're going to do it. Maybe next time on the next karmic circle around, if we don't ascend into the to the heavens, you know. Maybe this next time around, we'll we'll fucking go to school. We'll be fucking astronauts. We'll just get as close as we can. No. Remember, we talked about this last time I saw you because this got me really interested in, like, how you be astronaut. They don't even get paid enough. They get paid garbage. No, they, they get paid trash. You could seriously work at Google and be, like, 5,000 times more wealthy than these people that are hand-chosen to leave the Earth. That's crazy to me. So what you're telling me is we just, we need to come back as Elon Musk, get a bunch of money, and then um, just like buy our way. Why waste our time? Why why count on another lifetime? Why aren't we trying to get him now? Okay, you guys, we started to go fund me. If, if a million people can give us each a dollar, we can buy the first ticket on Elon Musk's spaceship fucking out of here. Do you know how many ideas that we've had where we're ending it like, all right, we'll start a GoFundMe. We never, <laughs> we never start we a GoFundMe. So <laughs> we're always just like, all right, fuck it. We're going to do this. We're going to start a GoFundMe. Yeah, never do. It's all right. At least it's a thought that counts. But I, I think it's important to talk about. I, I wish that more people knew that. People knew this document. That's fucking huge. 
huge. And it's so prevalent to what's going on now. So prevalent. You know, shit is hitting the fan here in all ways. Like you said, we're talking about virus. We're talking about culturally. We're talking about environmentally. And then we have on the side SpaceX like, no, we're really fucking going to Mars. Why? Mm-hmm. Freaking Easter bombs. Fucking Easter bombs left and motherfucking right right now. What does Easter bombs even mean? I just said it, but I don't know. I was just repeating you because you said Easter bombs. I was like, sure. Was there some type of bombing on Easter? I mean, I'm thinking of like eggs, but like a bomb, but big where it's like so big. It's its own holiday. Listen, we can't always be winners, guys. Never winners, but. All right. Well, I think on your Easter bomb note, that's a good, that's a good way to blow this episode up. And end it here. Hell yeah. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm going to continue to tell Mountain View, California to gently make love to itself. Oh my gosh. Do you know that song from Jack Black? But it's um, Tenacious D, right? It's like, I just want to fuck you slowly. I just want to screw you discreetly. Why don't you go ahead and drop that song in here right now and let it let it fade out to the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll be sued and never get our ticket to Mars. That's fine. Maybe Jack Black wants to take us to Mars. <laughs> On a high note, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. We love you all. We hope you guys are interested in this. I think this is the end of our remote viewing chunk of time. You know what? We're just on to the next thing that we need to tell the world about. So don't worry. We got new information for you. What I'm hoping happens with this episode is I hope that the FBI is listening to us and I hope that all of a sudden this document just fucking blows up and everyone starts talking about it in the next few days. That would be awesome. Spread the word. Spread the word, everyone. Draw, just blind email it to people and be like, look at this shit. All right, guys. Love you. Talk to you next time. Love you too. Hang in there. We're still quarantining, so love you all. Hope you're doing well. Goodbye. Bye.